Hello and welcome to episode six of the Culture Lust podcast, where we are force-fed a random Netflix movie and hope it doesn't taste like dead silence. As always, I'm here with my buddy James. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And my brother Chris. Hey, how you doing? This week, we were forced to watch The Immigrant, which up front, I would say, was a decent movie. It had its flaws, uh, but... Uh, I, I did enjoy it. IMDb d describes it as, it's 1921, an innocent immigrant woman is tricked into life, into a life of burlesque and vaudeville until a dazzling magician tries to save her and reunite her with her sister who is being held in the confines of Ellis Island. So basically this movie was um, all about human trafficking is it, it was about human trafficking and how a seemingly innocent strong uh woman could befall uh is the human trafficking rings and become a prostitute uh against her will so it it's all about uh her and her travel to to the united states she arrives at ellis island with her sister who ends up having tuberculosis and as they're going through a medical screening the sister gets taken away to the infirmary on ellis island and she uh what's her name Iwa, eva yeah eva, eva. She's, yeah. eva yeah she's from poland yes. and she will she goes through a whole bunch of trials and tribulations with bruno who is played by uh, joaquin phoenix and they get caught up in a, a love triangle between Jeremy Renner's character, Orlando, or uh, uh, Emil, depending on which part of the movie you're listening to, which I thought was interesting. But uh, they get caught up in a love triangle. Eventually, Jeremy Renner's character gets killed, and she reunites with her sister in the end as Bruno walks away as a broken man. So first, first impressions, what did you guys think, James? So... Uh, you know, I, like I stated before, I like dramas and I like uh, stories with good character development and stuff like that. And uh, I was interested because this is a topic that, like I mentioned, you know, uh, last week, there's something that's still going on to this day, actually. And it's very prevalent in the United States still. Um, so I was definitely interested. Uh, so I was open minded and optimistic going in. And um, it was good. Like I said, it's a story and um, good characters. I, um, there's nothing monumental about it though. Like it's, yeah, it was good though. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. It wasn't dead silence. So, Hey, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it did not taste like dead silence. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, yeah. I enjoyed it as well. It was uh, very good, but it has, it had some really like distinct flaws, which I'm sure we'll talk about here shortly. What about you, Chris? What did you think? Uh, well, I had absolutely no knowledge of this film going into it. I'd never heard of it. I never seen anything on it. I, no clue about anything. So I was going in completely blind. Now, I did do a little bit of research, just kind of poking around, seeing what this movie was all about. And I was really surprised. It's a lot bigger of a movie than I expected it to be, given that, I again, I'd never heard anything on it. 
and every as I'm, I was I was watching the movie, every fiber of my being wanted to completely fall in love with this movie and get invested in the characters and the story that it was telling, but I just couldn't. Really, we'll get into the specifics, obviously, you know, later, but it gets a very surprising middle of the road sort of reaction from me. Okay, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. It, it's the the it had a couple of flaws, but those flaws were huge for me at least. Um, we uh, <clears throat> sorry, I choked. What did you guys like about the movie? James, did you have uh, any particular ups that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so I, um, like I said, I really enjoyed the character development. I thought the um, they did a really good job setting the tone in terms of, you know, because it's a period piece, it's taking place during Prohibition, Depression, all that stuff. Um, and so they did a good job setting that, you know. Uh, people are struggling to make ends meet. They are drowning their woes in illegal alcohol. There's corruption left and right. And vaudeville, which was actually pretty big during this time because it was a distraction from all the terrible, depressing things taking place, um, was kind of, you know, people's outlet. So I thought they did a good job doing that. I thought Joaquin Phoenix's performance was really good, um, as, as well as Marion Cotillard. Um, Jeremy Renner, uh, I don't know where I'm, I'm still on the fence as to whether he was good or not based on if it was his performance or really the writing because his character kind of took a weird twist that I wasn't really expecting and it just became creepy, you know? Um, so I don't know if that was so much him as it just was the story. But I really like the cinematography. I, like the biggest highlight I have of this was the final shot when they're doing the, the boat sailing away yes. through the window and then uh, Bruno, sure. you know, Joaquin Phoenix walking away in despair for, in the mirror like that was an excellent shot i really appreciated that yeah that was That's, beautiful i was i was tossed between that scene and another for for my favorite yeah it was it was great um so yeah i mean overall it it, it did pretty good i'm curious to see what you have for flaws because you said you know you said they're major for you I, I just had a few minor things on my end but um yeah i enjoyed it okay all right cool awesome uh, what about you, Chris? What did you, what did you, uh, what, what positives did you find? Well, I have to second James in the performances in, in giving and in, in shedding light on the performances. I thought even, I even thought, uh, Hawkeye did an absolutely great. <laughs> Hawkeye. <job. laughs> yeah. Hey, I like the fact that Hawkeye got to play the good guy in this. If there was a good guy, because this, this whole movie just deals in gray areas. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing conceptually and thematically I absolutely love about this movie is nobody is 100% good and nobody's 100% bad. You could make cases and arguments here and there, but uh, what you see on screen is, is, is putting life in a much more, as I said, a gray area, which to further along, not only was this during you know the Great Depression and all that kind of stuff, but Eva and Magda are coming from post-war Poland, which was a very turbulent time in that nation's history. So yes. there was Ava, just so much going on. Ava described her parents being killed by soldiers. Uh, they had exactly. their heads cut off. In front yes. of them. In front yeah. of them. Mm -hmm. They were forced to watch. And I was like, wow. You know, yeah. 
they're trying to escape a situation like that and coming into the United States. And now she's running into a bunch of other people that are trying to use her for, because she's hot. I mean, that's basically, you know, we're bottom line. Um, I yeah. would like to, I would like to bounce off of what you said, Chris, with the, uh, the characters being gray area, because yes. my favorite scene was when Bruno uh, played by walking Phoenix, you know, they're in a diner and he turns over to Ava and he says, you know, he's trying to give her some money because um, she had turned her first trick, basically. And he said, you don't like money because she was, you know, really apprehensive about the whole situation. And Ava says, I like money, but I don't like you and I hate myself. As soon as she said that, I was like, wow, wow. Coltiard did such a good job uh, on during that scene, but the very next one, they were uh, uh, Bruno was drunk, going up to the apartment, and he said to her, "Why are you standing so far away from me?" And then he said, "I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you," and he kept repeating it while they went through the door, and that was the first indication for me that I was like, "Well, wait a minute, this Bruno guy." Uh, I mean, we could psychoanalyze this dude, right, at this point, because he's got some problems. Oh, he's got sure. some problems. For sure he does. Yeah. yeah I got, got, some, I got a whole, problems. like, paragraph written down about that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was a very interesting character. And, and I do, uh, you know, uh, full disclosure, I do I do love Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Uh, he has but, this tendency to be just this larger-than-life, overacting you know, individual that I look at his performance and I think that should be just too much for this movie. Some of the, the scenes that he was in, I was like, that should be just too overblown and overdone for the tone of this movie, but it's not, it fits perfectly. Like it he does. is, he's that one streak of color in all the shades of gray in this movie. What I really like about Joaquin Phoenix is he's when I think back on movies that he's been in, he's always the memorable parts, even if he's not even yeah. a of a character. He, he right. does a good job of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's uh, uh, was it Ring of Fire or whatever when he played Johnny Cash? Oh God, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, like I, not a not a real big fan of country music. Or, no, sorry, uh, Walk the Line. Walk the Line. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Not a big fan of country music, uh, but he just absolutely murdered that movie in a good way. Oh, of course. Well, and in of course, you know, the yeah, Emperor and Gladiator. I've never oh, hated a character more, I don't think. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. But back when I drank, that was my that was my good movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great, dude, I would, it's yeah. a great flick, man. But my last positive down. that I want to I, I can't I can't let us move on without me bringing it up is and i'm going to butcher her name even though i've heard you guys say it so many <laughs> times marion cotillard cotillard okay cotillard yes. i had thought that i'd never seen a movie or anything with her in it until i was looking her up and i realized that she was in the dark knight rises mm -hmm. or is that the right one she's in one of them i can't remember yeah she's the one where she plays talia yeah yeah. Um, and that was the only thing I'd seen her in, and that was such a forgettable movie. I didn't realize that that it was her. I am absolutely in love with her right now. Like, eh. 
I'm yeah. not even gonna lie. I, I I thought she was fantastic. I think she's 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 beautiful in a in a very unique sort of way, and she's undeniably talented. So yeah, don't hate because that's my future ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, that good throwback to episode one. Go watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would agree with you. Uh, I, I really had never paid attention to her very much until I, I saw this movie. And then I looked it up and she won uh, the 2014 New York Film Critics Circle Awards, the Best Actress. And also the Boston Society of Film Critics Award, uh, Best Actress. And Toronto Film Critics Association, Best, Ar Best Actress. So a lot of like um, minor acting awards she mm -hmm. won for this film. Um, and as as... A side note, another side note, James Gray, the director, had noted that she was the best actor that she that he had ever worked with. Uh, yes. Which which is uh, something to say, because, I mean, what well, else he did specifically James wrote this part for her? Yeah. Yes. He, I did yeah, read that, too. I, I caught that, too, that he wrote mm -hmm. it for her and Joaquin Phoenix. And if neither of them wanted to be in it, he probably wouldn't have made the movie. Right? Yes. That's that's powerful. That's that's saying a lot. I think so. I agree. I definitely I think it's saying a lot in terms of a compliment to the actor and actress, but also at the same time, I think it pigeonholes the movie itself because I, well, I mean, I'm jumping a little ahead, but I felt like they were yeah, trying before. way too hard to get an Oscar or something out of this, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, an Oscar grab. Yeah. I just, yes. That's just, I know. Yeah. That's just the I feeling know. I got from it. Yeah, well, so we'll move we'll move into the uh, into the negatives. Um, I know we talked about it yesterday offline, uh, mm -hmm. and and I agreed with you. And that's for you, I guess. Uh, you, you remarked that you're interested to see my major points. That was a major point for me because it was mm -hmm. like a, it was like this hippie kind of, let's get awards at the Sundance Film Festival, uh, push, and it was so glaringly obvious that it detracted from this movie so much for me. Well, to be fair to the director, it was the producers that uh, delayed the release until Sundance. But that was the reasoning for it, I think, is because they were trying to make a big splash. And yeah. I think the inclusion of Jeremy Renner in this movie is also a thing. Uh, I think he seems, as much as I did like his character, as much as I liked his performance, I don't think he fit at all in this movie i think because he was riding on the heels of the avengers it seems to me like maybe and this is all speculation this is just me guessing uh, it's not looking at anything i haven't read anything i don't have any evidence but just me thinking he may have been added just to kind of up the profile of the movie a little bit with something you know a little more hip and cool because you know the avengers who didn't love the avengers right yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a, a theory. Um, you know, I I can't knock it. You know, it's, it's I think it's a good theory. Um, you know, movies do that all the time. They'll incorporate actors that are the oh, buzzword at the time. You know, yeah. to get more more paying people at the theater and stuff. And that's another thing is I was looking at the box office and like they barely broke even, man. I think it cost sixteen million and some change to make, and worldwide they only pulled in like twenty or something like that. Um, mm. Oh wow! I didn't look up those numbers. That's that's pretty bad for a film that actually I thought was pretty decent. Right, 
but you know how the you know the movie industry goes we'll we'll just split the profits with the actors uh there's never any profits <laughs> exactly zinger <laughs> you know um so i yeah i don't think it was counted as a, a failure in the film industry us looking yeah. at it from the outside would be like oh they only netted four million but that's still four million dollars you know yeah no absolutely yeah that's four million dollars of profit uh yeah i mean it's all relative though so that's that's really not that much in, in right. the grand scheme of movies but i i think chris you're onto something man because when i was watching jeremy renner play orlando or emil um the the word that comes to mind is pretentious you know i was like this guy is so full of himself that he's really kind of he was just really overdoing it you know what i mean he was like i'm i'm shit hot and you know nobody can stop me right that's what i'm saying is i don't i don't know if it was so much his performance as much as it was the writing you know because i think he was supposed to have that dynamic he like that was his path in terms of being a character yeah that he was i think he was his he was supposed to be very confident and the the good guy air quotes um as far as good guys go you know in 1920s and all the with all the corruption and all that stuff but i don't know man i don't know and and we'll you know we go back to when he was killed that scene when he was killed it was so out of character so i i would agree with you too saying you know the writing especially for that was pretty bad it was really bad it's one of those hey let's do something so the story moves forward i know we'll make the guy who's supposed to be the good guy turn into a a fucking creepy guy with a gun yay (laughs) hey yeah yeah zinger plot twist (laughs) yeah and i i think to compound that whole scene and everything as a, a major negative for me, if we're getting into that, is time has no place in this movie whatsoever. They skip ahead scenes, and then they're talking about how this is the norm now. You know, uh, Eva meeting with with you know gentlemen callers as you were is like the norm now and the previous scene was the first time she'd ever you know turned a trick and we're just like wait a minute so how much time has passed how well so i was trying to figure that out million, myself you know, too and yeah there was exactly. a little there was a Same. hint though there was a hint so she turns her first trick right the kid of the wealthy tailor or whatever and then she runs away because you know she has that conversation with um walking phoenix in the diner He's drunk, passes out. She runs away that night, right? That's when she gets picked up by the police because, you know, her aunt and uncle screw her over, mainly just the uncle. And she's back at Ellis Island, right, awaiting deportation, which is when she meets Jeremy Renner for the first time and he gives her that rose or chrysanthemum or whatever the hell it was, some white flower. So that white flower was the indicator in terms of how much time was passed because when they go back to where she's in prostitution, they're panning across her bedroom and they go across her nightstand and there's the white flower and it's like wilted and the leaves are starting to turn brown and stuff. So you could argue that it's been at least a couple weeks, maybe three or four, you know, um, based on the progression of decay for the flower. Okay. Yeah. See, I actually hadn't noticed that. And that I think is brilliant. Yeah. I had to I actually had to rewind it. Cause I was like, wait, was that the same flower? And I had to rewind it and like double check. I didn't even notice. So yeah. <laughs> so that part was that part was really good. I think that part mm-hmm. was done well as far as like time goes. But 
everything was else because you guys didn't pick up on it you know? oh i know i did maybe I they should have oh you did okay oh I no did, i wasn't yeah, saying I just that one thing yeah. but the whole movie the during whole the entire movie. movie yeah during the entire movie i was like where where are we right now like when are we right, right now yeah. is she has she been doing this for months like you right. know, uh jeremy renner comes through the window and she's doing the dishes or no cutting potatoes or something mm -hmm. and uh so he was supposed to have been gone from to to california it was my yeah. perception at that time that you know it was like the next day or whatever because there was no there was no wilted flower to, to kind of springboard off of for for time time's mm -hmm. sake and he comes in he's like well i went to i went to jersey and right. i got in an argument and all this other stuff you know so it's i don't know i i think it was really incongruous it wasn't like uh it wasn't really easy to decipher uh it wasn't really easy to decipher you had to you had to really pick up on a lot of subtle things right which which is okay it's a technique it's a way of doing something you know but i don't like it i really don't like it yeah they could have been a little less subtle you know with their stuff because you know i i had to rewind to pick up on the flower i don't know if you picked it up picked up on it right away you know chris missed it so like that's kind of yeah. a, a a negative on the filmmaker there at that point because like they're you know they made an effort to show the progression of time but they just didn't make it an obvious enough effort right that's yeah and i think probably my biggest problem that i have with this is just everyone falls in love with ava because reasons yeah that's actually one of my my major points is i, I mean, hate that when they do that with a hawkeye had seen this chick for like 20 minutes and he can't stop thinking about her and blows off his world tour or whatever just right. to go see her climbing through a window like he's 12 even though he looks 40. <laughs> like what the hell and dude I mean, might I add again? Let's reemphasize that she is a hooker. Yeah. Uh, re regardless of the for the situation, right, right. Emil does not understand. Emil at that point didn't really understand what she had gone through uh, mm. to the full extent because she kept. Does. Oh, go ahead. She well, she kept. She was like telling him some things when he snuck up there uh, when he paid the kid mm -hmm. to visit her. You know, he he does tell her some things, but she is still like kind of divulging the entire history with like all this other crap and with her sister and everything else but i mean she's she's a hooker i mean you know what i'm saying it, no offense to all the prostitutes out there in internet land but not not the most like you know let's fall in love with these people all you know at first sight because like chris had reasons well i i feel like he knew to an extent so infatuation has this wonderful thing um where you can completely ignore red flags flaws negatives about a person and only look at their positives i think that's what was happening in this regard but um orlando his stage name i guess is what we'll use says to bruno because they have a discussion and bruno's like i love her and he's like well i don't think selling her on the streets a way to show it yes. so i think orlando was aware you know ex what was going on okay um but I just, okay. like I said, I think the infatuation was kind of blinding both of them. But that, yeah, that whole, I agree with Chris and you as well. It's like, it's just ridiculous. I hate when they do that with characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like Dracula and maybe Don Juan are like the only two characters that could ever truly exist <laughs> on screen 
where people just fall in love with them immediately okay because like that's canon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right it's it it's yeah, they're supposed yeah. to it's supposed to happen yeah, yeah but not some polish immigrant that just stepped off the boat and is in haggard gray clothes and hasn't had a bath and you know it just come on now like be realistic especially with joaquin phoenix like dude your business is women like yes i feel like her you know, she would be a dime a dozen, so to speak. So why the infatuation? During exactly. the, so during the 1920s, not not to get completely shallow, but the ideal body frame of a woman during the 20s was not the, you know, malnourished Polish war uh, refugee. Refugee, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was like the other ladies in the show, you know, they mm -hmm. they had some meat to them. And it's like so why why are these people falling in love because i get the infatuation thing but because mm -hmm. we got to have a story man yeah yeah exactly hashtag story i mean mm -hmm. they're they're all adults right i mean jeremy renner he looks like he's 40 orlando like mm -hmm. i mean come on and he's a he's a a performer which means mm -hmm. he's constantly in front of you know in the spotlight always has people looking at him he's probably got groupies right because they what the uh that one other hooker calls him the pretty boy right so we have this guy who is probably uh, we can assume at least i can assume is used to uh getting the adoration of you know the the, the ladies uh, and now he's fallen for this like really thin kind of sickly looking polish girl like uh, i don't well, know that ties into one of my biggest another one of my biggest complaints is with ava we get little tiny bits here and there of her character. She's obviously fiercely determined and stubborn in the way that she goes about doing whatever it takes to help her sister. I wouldn't quite use the word stubborn. I would say desperate. Okay. That's, that's a much better term. You're right. You're right. Yes. But she still, she even says when she goes to church, she says that, for all intents and purposes, she implies that she's willing to damn herself to an eternity in hell for her sister. Right. Yes. So that's very selfless. That does tell a lot about her character. But how that translates into everyone falling in love with her romantically is never gone through. It's never shown. We're not shown any moments where it seems like Bruno or hawkeye would start looking at her and going man i wow that's she's amazing i'm in love with her yeah she doesn't have those kinds of character traits I yeah think. well at least they're not demonstrated you know right um exactly. so the thing that i was kind of touched on when i said when I, initially my first impression was with uh jeremy renner's performance so his character i don't know if it, you could say it made a 180 or maybe just perhaps the veil was lifted, but there was an interesting dynamic between him and Bruno. And because, uh, you know, you find out that they're cousins and they grew up together and they used to be friends and this and that, but it, it came off as if maybe Orlando stole a girl from Bruno or sabotaged the relationship, you know, because he, he fell for a woman. He didn't want her to know that he was AKA a pimp, you know, and, um, Orlando spoiled that by inviting her to the theater and showing her what he did for a living and this and that. So of course she left him and ended the relationship. So I think 
it was the whole Ava dynamic, the love triangle. I think on Orlando's part was a, a dig and it was a way to manipulate the manipulator. Um, and it was just his way of knocking Joaquin Phoenix down again. I don't I, can, I honestly don't know if Orlando really did love Ava. I can, yeah. Now that you mention it, I can believe that. Cause that, that part where Bruno was telling Ava about the, the, girl and all that stuff uh the previous relationship when he fell in love with somebody else mm-hmm. that was a little bit of a fo- of a foreshadowing to the scene that we're talking about when when orlando gets murdered um it's i don't know it, it's it's one of those things where you watch these movies uh these movies like this and you can you can attach that that scene the murder scene to mm-hmm you know, that idea, but it's so loose. It's like, you know, am I digging? Am I digging? Am I right. making a connection here that doesn't exist or, or what? And I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was James Gray's like uh, a decision. Like, he wanted us to do that, but it, it seems so, so shallow. Yeah. That whole, that whole thing. Like they're trying Did... really hard for something like an award or something. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Weird. I've always been of the mindset that when you make a movie or anything creatively if someone has to come up with theories and speculation and fan ideas on what this means or that means either you're stanley kubrick and you're just weirdly brilliant slash or you just didn't really tell a very tight story yeah i'm looking at you prometheus (laughs) <laughs> i'm looking at you yeah well it's all right so to be fair to that notion though um you know the two movies i can think of right away that have pretty large fan theories and stuff surrounding them is uh inception you know i don't know if i'm have you guys seen inception i have yeah chris, i like it though. have you seen it chris i have not ah I have heard a lot, and I do want to point out. Well, since you're in love with Marion Cotillard, she's in that movie as well. I've, so I, I know, I saw that. I saw that, and, and I figured everybody listening would be like, "Yeah, but she's an Inception," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> one of four people that live in America that have never seen that movie." She plays right, a, right? I mean, a smaller role, but it's actually a really pivotal role, I'd say. I, you you should know that about your future ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Throwing it some, out there. Do some research. Right, right, right. But another one is is the Matrix. The Matrix has tons of fan theories. I'm sure we've all seen that, so we can discuss that. Yeah, but but the Matrix. See, the the difference is Inception intentionally had a vague ending to get people talking and to keep people engaged and thinking about the movie long after it ended. Right. The Matrix is fan theories because the second two movies in that series just plain suck and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. So fans had to just make shit up in order for those to, for those movies to not be shit. Sorry. But yeah, so I, I don't think it's necessarily always a, a, a bad storytelling if they leave things open to interpretation. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's film is art. And so, oh, right, right, right. Know, that's I, yeah, that's kind of the, the goal of art is for people to express themselves. And also, yeah, I, I didn't, to... I didn't mean to come off like I was very black and white, like I need everything spoon fed to me, like a Neanderthal <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. So you are 100% right. You know, there that is a technique that is a, a creative, uh, you know, way to go about things. Method. That's yeah, fine, yeah. that's cool. I dig this, it. This was, but a when you have to, I think then the story is loose. 
Yeah. If you have to justify this because, well, maybe this is the case. Well, how do you know? There's literally zero evidence to support that within the movie. Right. Then I think, not you specifically, but just in general, then I think just fans are making excuses. Yeah. Like with The Matrix. <laughs> so I, I think my last negative, I, it mm -hmm. seems like it seems like we have way more negatives than positives for this movie, but I think it's it's easier to talk about the negatives. Um, it is. Yeah, I don't want to sound like I didn't like it because I, I really be, did enjoy it. You can be more specific with the negatives, you know, positives like, hey, great music, great cinematography. They did an awesome right, yeah. job setting the, the period, but cool, that's about cool it. mirror yeah. scene with the boat and shit. Yeah, yeah. good guy, good job. Um, was I, I think the corruption, the 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 amount of corruption that was portrayed. I I don't know. I'm not. I. I wasn't alive in 1921. Uh, I did. It, it did spur me to do some research, by the way. And and there was rampant corruption uh, in the FBI and all this other stuff. It's it's really hard to find uh, any kind of con concrete evidence or 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 writings about uh, rampant corruption in the immigration uh, side of the house. But it seemed like there were so many people in this movie that were all just screwed up and they're all like all the police were corrupt you know uh all the people even the people on the street were fucked up when they were like getting in her way when she was like running away uh after after bruno was drunk mm -hmm. there's so much corruption uh, i i would like to have seen uh some more polarity with that and and i don't mean just with jeremy renner's character i you know as far as like humanity oh. is concerned you know what i mean like i wanted to see at least somebody besides so I, I will say the aunt the aunt was was uh was very she wasn't corrupt and she wasn't looking to kind of screw ava over so right. you have the aunt and then you have jeremy renner up into up into the gun scene when he was killed but other than that everyone else you know the other prostitutes all these other people were just so f screwed up the the um a positive the, the scene in the sewers when the police were like beating up bruno with the flashlights i thought that was uh, again wonderful cinematography and that was a really cool scene but i don't know like it's hard for me to believe that every single person in this sphere is so screwed up and doesn't want to do the right thing you know what i mean yeah, that was actually one of my big negatives too. Is um, I have it written in pretty big bold letters. Is is there even a good guy? Because um, yeah. even even Ava herself, obviously she's not corrupt and this and that as as much as all the other characters in there. But you know, she stole money in the beginning. She was basically bouncing from person to person to see who she could use to help get her sister back. You know, she went right. from Bruno to the aunt and uncle to Jeremy Renner back to Bruno. Like, you know, she was just doing this. And I understand that she was in a desperate. And that's kind of the theme of the movie is everyone's desperate. So when everyone's desperate, who is going to be a good guy if yes. you're scratching and struggling to survive? Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little you're, annoying. You're, you're right, too, uh, with the whole Ava thing. It, it's like there was this kind of re reoccurring theme for me throughout the movie, which was I am, I am fairly good looking and I have a uterus. So right. do things for me. 
Uh, it's no, that's that's really again shallow, like we discussed before. So it's interesting you brought that up because I was reading up on the movie and stuff, and I guess James Gray was watching an older movie with his wife and said, "Hey, they don't make movies about women anymore." So that's where this kind of came on is he wanted to make a movie about a strong female and this and that. And I don't have anything against those types of roles. The issue that I have is when you're going to make a movie like that, don't make every single male in the movie a sleazeball because that's just not an accurate depiction. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it bothered me that people were only interested in her for sex. And that was it. And I'm just like, you know there's obviously there's are people out there that do objectify but it's not every single person like come on man (laughs) no it's not and uh, while i was watching this i i kept thinking about it as i often do when i watch movies i kind of i try to relate to the characters or at least a character i i don't so i don't go to strip clubs right because Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not comfortable in that environment for one but for two I don't agree with what you're saying, like, you know, the object objectification or, right. you know, we, we could look at it from the other standpoint. Like, like I said, like, just because you have, you know, you're a female does not mean that you deserve more than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't like anyone in this movie. Um, yeah. I, I felt sorry for Ava, especially during the scene where she was drunk and the young kid, the, her first trick. I was like, wow, you know, that's that sucks. You know, she feels like she has to do this. And, well, so did you know, the kid, though, too, to be fair to him. Yes. He's getting pressure from his father. And he right. even said, like, hey, she's not she's not into it. She doesn't want to do it. And he was willing to leave. He, yeah, he's he trying to leave. Yeah, He was going to leave it there, you know. Um, but that's where my whole paragraph on Bruno is, because screw that guy. That So that's what bothered me. Is he's like, oh, I love you. I love you. And blah, blah, blah. Like... No man, that's classic manipulative personality. Oh, I will, huge. I will tip my hat to the director or writer for that, because he all he's doing is demonstrating his value to her, making it so that he's the only person that can yes. change her outcome, making it so she's super. It's classic abusive relationship too. Like he made it so she was dependent on him for everything, and um, yeah, yeah I, I I put that down too. You know, because they 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 force fed her alcohol. Right. Um, absent you nonetheless. Know. Not just alcohol, yeah. but absent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Alcohol <laughs> slash the loose You guys ever had that? No, negative. Oh, no. it's you had the legit stuff that makes you see stuff with uh, well, that, or that is actually a... it's illegal now. It, well, that at, at the absence that makes you see the green fairy, if I'm not if I remember correctly, is actually like the alcohol mixed with something else. I think yeah, wormwood. That's, that's like wormwood not legal. I haven't had that, but I have had actual absinthe. Well, in 1921, that shit was legal. Well, it wasn't legal, but it was around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, none of no alcohol it was illegal more, at all. It was but, more prevalent. Yeah, it was around. So I, you'd have to. I mean, I assumed that you know it was, it was a hallucin hallucinogen as well as as alcohol. But right, you, you know, you're talking. Yeah, you're talking about how Bruno was just like forcing this girl to see, like, I he because he said, "I don't want you to do this," but 
basically I'm making a shitload of money. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, yeah. I don't really want you to do this, but let's make some cash. You know what I'm saying? Oh, girl? Hey, hey, I love you, by the way. Yeah. BT dubs. Love you. <laughs> BT dubs. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing just, you know, there's no good guy and everyone's being super manipulative. And even the person we're supposed to be rooting for is still desperate manipulative at the end of the day. And I get it though. They did an awesome job of encompassing the feeling of like what it would be to be an immigrant coming in to this slash refugee. Cause that's, you know, the vetting process that they had in place and the medical screening and the not having any money and no money. Now, yeah. yeah. Now your family's not there. So you, your address supposedly is fake, which we found out was a, another manipulation on Bruno's part. But, um, like how scary would that be? You know, like I, I was like, you, you know, like you said, you're trying to relate. I'm thinking back to like the major life changes that I've done where I, I felt, you know, nervous or uh, uncertain or afraid of the unknown, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, enlisting and going off the basic or, you know, getting married, stuff like that, like big life changes where you're just like, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I'm trying to stay optimistic. You know what I mean? Um, I can't imagine being an immigrant in a new country with no money, no family, no place to stay. And now the only person I did have that was my crutch is now taken away and held somewhere. You know, like that'd be crazy. So they did a good job with that. But at the same time, the whole corruption and, and overwhelming desperation throughout the movie just really bothered me. I, but, I, I agree. They, they, they did a really good job with, with her desperation. They really, really did. And yeah, I mean, it, looking at it from the outside in, you know, I I don't know. I would I might have done a lot of the same things that she did. Oh, I would absolutely prostitute myself out if I had to. If I, I, I would. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I like to think I take incredibly more, offensive. Um, the managerial standpoint, and I would just be the pimp. So you guys can <laughs> duke it out for bottom bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Like my girl Ava, I will cut a bitch. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, she was really rare. I like that. that scene. I'm not going to lie. I love that scene where she was just like, nobody fucks with my money. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I was just like, whoa. Right? Because it, it was for her real. sister. Yeah, exactly. it's for her sister. Exactly. She, I thought that yeah. was huge. I, I really enjoyed that part. I did too. I did too. Just the whole aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it kind of felt like she was coming into her own there at that point. You know what I mean? Like, Right, she was finally taking getting a the lay of the land. Yeah. yeah, she knew what she had to do, and she hated that she had to do it, but she wasn't going to let anyone right mess because with what she had to do. She could have, she could have let that shit play out and stabbed her with some scissors, but instead she separated her, separated herself from the situation. So, I mean, that's there, there. There was there's still some moral character there. To an extent, yeah. And so I think, you know, we always interpret things differently. Uh, what do you guys think about her waiting outside the police station for Bruno? That was that was off. I don't understand. That, that was off. And it, I don't know. It It's portrayed like, okay, I do care for this person. But then the first thing she says he after he gets out of jail is, hey, we need wood because I'm right. cold. <laughs> yeah. I totally took it as um, this is my support structure that I have right now. So slash, I don't want to say investment, but you know, she was looking at him as an asset kind of thing. Yes. And let me, so, hey, let me I cultivate go, this. 
yeah, I need to go check on my asset and make sure everything's good to go. And which is ironic because, you know, the, the other prostitute was like on the verge of tears, like, oh, he's locked up and in jail, you know, and Ava didn't care at all. But then she's the one that goes down there and meets him while none of the other women were willing to go do that. Yes. You know, yes. so it was, it was an interesting dynamic. And um, I think it showed a lot in terms of her character because I don't think it was a moral high ground for her. It was more of a a manipulative, hey, I need to get this thing done and he's my avenue to make it happen. And I'm tired of these hurdles that have been in the way. I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. You guys have any more uh, negative? Pacing. I just got to, I checked twice to see how much time is left in this movie. Um, That to me is a, a... a sign that the pacing's off because i i love movies and i'm you know we talked about this offline as well like you know you have a hard time investing the time to sit down and watch a movie like i will right. gladly give up time to watch a movie but if i find myself checking the time or seeing how much time is left then it shows to me that the pacing's off because i'm starting to get bored you're getting a little side of a dead silence with your uh, bowl <laughs> with your bowl of the immigrants oh come on <laughs> that movie was not <laughs> No, yeah, it was. It was terrible. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I will find. I will. I will fudge everything and find a movie worse. Yeah, don't get him too riled up because, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's gonna start like, oh know, yeah, manipulating no. the, uh, the system and be like, hey the guys, role. dead silence two no. on the list. Yeah, check this out. Let's watch the Leprechaun because it's totally random. Don't hate on the Leprechaun now. Come uh, on, Jesus. really? Oh my god. Uh, Aaron, that should have won an Oscar, Jennifer Aniston. Wow. wow. Oh, my God, dude. That movie is fantastic. Negative over. It has Willow <laughs> and Wicked. Come it has on. Willow. <laughs> How can you not love that movie? It has Willow in it. It does. <laughs> that makes it great. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Where's Mad Mardigan, dude? Let's get Mad Mardigan in I there. think uh, he was getting ready to play Batman. Not a oh. woman. Uh, yeah so yeah willow Willow is one of my favorites yeah Um, i haven't seen that movie in like 30 years and i'm scared to watch it again because i don't know how well it aged. exactly the same here like i love that movie because i watched it in the theaters mind you i might be dating myself i watched it in the theaters as a kid and i loved it so not watching it again unless it comes up unless it comes up but uh, not to date you even more, but I was really, really little when it came out and I saw it, and I don't remember much of it. I just remember loving it. It was that was during the era of like Conan and all those cool like beat 'em up, violent ass movies where like just fantasy era. We're gonna yeah. have people beat stuff up. Red Sonia and all those cool ass barbarians, movies. Uh, Beastmaster. Yeah. The, oh, dude, Beastmaster. Can't yeah. Let's get some of that. Yeah. Beastmaster yeah. was really good. Get some of that. <laughs> All right. So, final thoughts, man. Final thoughts. Would you so, guys buy, rent, or burn this movie? Go ahead, Chris. I I would rent it. I would definitely say it's worth a rent because it does tackle a subject that doesn't get get a very good. I turn to it very often. And it is actually of an era that, uh, that isn't discussed much either. You know, the early 20s don't really find that that side of the world in the early 20s doesn't really get mentioned much. And with all the of, turmoil, uh, the roaring 20s, as they say, there's a lot of the uh, the, the kind of whimsical 
side of things. Exactly, exactly. And and a lot of people forget that the 20s in a lot of places in the world was very tumultuous and there was just a lot of chaos in the wake of you know the World War One. And this movie does touch on that. This movie does show a lot of the residual effects of that. And I thought it did a really great job in doing that. But on the whole, I actually found it boring. Because okay. they tell a story that honestly, I feel with what actually happened, they could have done this in like 45 minutes. And yet they stretched it out to almost two hours. I just thought that it it built to a certain level and just kind of stayed at that level and never really peaked. Like the climax was just like there. Like I didn't know it was just the movie was just going and going and going and then it ended and everything's happy i guess i think i don't know i just yeah you know I, but i wanted to love it because it was it was not beautifully filmed because this movie is very ugly and i'm saying that as a positive because it doesn't i don't think this movie visually was intended to be beautiful no it was visually it, show... it was the, it was the call of duty of movies very it, brown and exactly. disgusting it was intended to show the dark underbelly of the roaring 20s and i think it did that incredibly effectively the performances even from hawkeye i thought was as good as as they could possibly get uh, i found a new uh, you know obsession in marion uh how do you french word marion french word uh Cotillard. Yeah. Cotillard. Cotillard. Cotillard, yeah. Cotillard, yeah. Uh, if you're her. listening, you have a new stalker. <laughs> oh, I looked her yeah. I looked her up on IMDb. Um her IMD picture IMDB picture. She looks like um what's her face from uh um Zombie Land. Dang it. Emma Stone. Yes, she looks like Emma Stone in that picture. And no, like, it's hey. it's not just a physical thing, although I do think she's incredibly beautiful. It is she's undeniably talented. And I thought one of the best parts of this movie, not just her performance, but this movie in general, was her ability to emote without saying words. I don't think she needed to actually have a single word of dialogue in this movie, and you could still tell exactly what she's thinking and she's feeling. I, I really thought she was fantastic. So you're saying she has a good personality. Yes. <laughs> All right, James, what about you, man? Buy, rent, burn. Uh, rent. I wouldn't buy it. Definitely wouldn't burn it. Like I said in the beginning, man, it's it's a story. It's got good characters, um, but there's nothing monumental about it. Uh, I agree. Marion did an excellent job, as did Joaquin. Um I don't know if it was the writing or if it was Jeremy Renner. But don't you be hot. Don't you be knocking Hawkeye. That was a little off. Um, but yeah, it was overall, it was good. Um, I'd recommend it to somebody if they're looking for something depressing. <laughs> <laughs> something Sundancey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. And I, I got to retract a little bit though. Um, I had my timeline off. So this took place during 1921. The depression didn't hit for another eight years. So, um, you're, when you guys said the roaring twenties, it started, it started the thing in my head and I was like, Oh yeah. Like things were kind of booming at this time, actually. Like 
So this is when, you know, minus the alcohol. But, hey, we got NASCAR, so yay. <laughs> yay. Yay, drive fast, right. turn left. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, because NASCAR came from the, the bootleggers and running alcohol and stuff. But um, Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I misspoke when I said this was during the Depression. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Um, good story. But I don't know if I'd watch it again, at least not time any, any time in the near future. Maybe a few years from now, if it's on TV or something like that. But okay, yeah. So uh, let me go out on, on a limb here and say that I I would buy this movie. I would buy this movie. Uh, I was Nerd. emotionally. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was emotionally invested in in the characters and it wasn't until after the movie was over where i started to analyze it uh you know with a magnifying glass where i started seeing where the flaws were and right. and it and then you know talking to you guys kind of brought some of the some of the ones that i didn't see out but at the same time you know when i was watching this movie i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed uh like you guys mentioned the uh, the whole idea of the the, the 1920s uh representing the kind of seedy underbelly of that entire time period because most of the time in popular media when they talk about the 20s it's it's like i said before the whimsical part of it and when i was spurred to kind of do a little little bit of research about the 20 uh, 1921 in that time period after i watched the movie um to to kind of see the validity of this corruption right because as as somebody that kind of casually watches movies uh i don't really understand that period of history very well um you know i was thinking oh it's the 20s dude everybody was happy right there was like gangsters and shit but cool <laughs> nah nah bruh it wasn't cool uh there was there was a lot of economic boom during that period but the law had not really caught up to that the government yeah. had really caught up to that so there was a lot of you know and hence the corruption with prohibition and all that stuff. So I really appreciated that part of it. And um, Chris's uh, future ex-wife, I thought did a very good job. And and again, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, hey, if you're listening, uh, I love you, bro. But <laughs> don't it, knock Hawkeye. You know, that guy is kind of cheesy, man. I have to, I have to admit, kind of cheesy. All I have, to, all I have to say, now and again. Look, look, Hurt Locker, all right? Let me just drop that bomb on you. Hurt Locker. Not good, yeah. but um, so yeah, I, I totally buy it, and I would absolutely recommend it. I would absolutely recommend it. You got you got our next movie pulled up, Chris? I do, I do, and it's a doozy. Uh oh, it has an ensemble cast featuring Nick Swartzen, Mila Kunis, Bob Odenkirk, T.J. Miller, Rob Riggle, Susan Sarandon, Danny McBride, Jennifer Coolidge, John Farley, and Maria Bamford. Bro, you said Danny McBride. I'm sold. Yeah. Kenny when fucking best powers. friends. Yeah, buddy. Blood oath. One of them is cast away to hell, and the other two must save him from the misfits of the underworld. It is the 2015 animated, I believe, comedy Hell in Back. I what I have never heard of this. Have you guys heard of this? Negative. I know nothing. I have seen this movie pop up on Netflix every so often. I've never seen a trailer. I've never looked it up. 
I didn't even realize it had all these people in it. So, yeah. yeah. It is rated R for pervasive, strong, crude, and sexual content, language, and some drug use. So it's probably right up my alley. <laughs> it's a 2015 version of Heavy Metal, that old that old animated movie where stuff is just fucked up all the way around. Oh, no so, shit. It actually reminds me of a super low budget i swear to god they did this as a play and they just filmed it and made it a movie it was on netflix years ago it's called low uh lo or lima oscar and mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing this guy is i think they were engaged at the time and they're in bed one night and then like the closet bursts open and like, there's like this giant demon that comes out of the closet the <laughs> the, the male tries to fight the demon off of course gets cast to the side and then his fiance is swiftly stolen and taken away to hell so he gets this book of dark arts and summons the demon low and is trying to basically go to get, hell to get her back yeah and <laughs> it was like i love movies that only have one um uh set so to speak you know like they're they're shot in one environment and this right, movie takes right. place like strictly on the floor of his bedroom because he makes like the pentagram and all that and you know on his bedroom and calls this demon forward and all it is is dialogue man there's no, there's hardly any action there's no <laughs> change of scenery and it's like one of the best movies i've ever seen and it's so super low budget this reminds it's basically me basically the it's basically the satanic version of clerks sure not really i mean <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying in terms of style but yeah it's it's good. We don't, we'll have to watch it sometime. Are you it's hating really... on Clerks? I'm not hating on Clerks. I'm just saying it's, okay, you can't really say compare like, the two. We, we may have to have a rumble. <laughs> Ooh, meet me outside at three o'clock by the flagpole. Spider right. words. We're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up. I uh, I ask you guys to go visit uh, sevennerdlysins.com. Uh, go and follow our Twitter at sevennerdlysins. That's the digit seven uh, with the Twitter as well as the the website. Our Instagram, Digit Seven Nerdly Sins. Uh, go ahead and see James in all of his glory on YouTube with the Daily Gamer YouTube channel. Come and stop by the Twitch. Our Twitches, multiple. Uh, <laughs> Slane, S L A Y N N E, and the Daily Gamer, as well as stopping by Patreon.com/slash the Digit Seven Nerdly Sins. If you guys like what we're doing and you want to support us. You guys got any parting words? Chris, you got anything? Don't, don't knock Hawkeye. <laughs> that was probably what. I'll, uh, I'll challenge Hawkeye to an archery contest, and he'll probably still whoop my butt, but at least I got to say, I got to hang out with Jeremy Renner for an afternoon. So <laughs> it's, like, it's is... like saying, it's like saying, would you sleep with Oprah? She's not hot, but I would. Yeah, like, you know, I would because yeah. if she got pregnant, I'm set for life. Bam, oh. <laughs> <laughs> bam. I'm like, I quit my job. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys have a good day, afternoon, evening, whatever it is, and we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Later. <laughs>